Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And that's whatever type of company you work with. And I think we always have to have some fun, right? Well, if you have a question or comment related to this show or any commercial real estate endeavor, you're invited to call us at 888-612-SHOW. You can also email us. The email is info at com, Or you can reach us through your favorite social media site. You can find them all at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're going to discuss the healthcare industry and medical real estate. You know, the healthcare real estate market is very interesting. You know, while it certainly did not go unscathed through the recession, it was more stable than most sectors. And now we have the aging baby boomers living longer, which is set to increase the need for healthcare services. We also have Obamacare set to affect the industry. So what does it mean for healthcare providers and for medical real estate? Well, today we'll pull the curtain back on the industry and the current market and look at what's ahead. Please welcome, welcome my first guest, Walter Page, Director of Research, CoStar Group, commercial real estate's leading provider of information and analytic services. Founded in 1987, CoStar conducts expansive ongoing research to produce and maintain the largest and most comprehensive database of commercial real estate information. Walter, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And Walter, I'd like to get started with uh, performance. Uh, how are medical properties performing year to date? Well, you know, the medical properties are performing pretty much following the track that the office market is as a whole. Um, they've experienced a uh, declining vacancy trends um, since 2010, about one percentage point. Uh, and this, that's the same as the office market. But the, the key difference is that the vacancy rates for medical office are um, significantly lower than they are for the overall office market. They're at 10.9 versus 12.5. Hmm. Uh, the other things that we see happening in the marketplace is net absorption positive, which is always a good good thing. Although we have been seeing a slowing of the net absorption in the third quarter. Uh, for the year, we're averaging quarterly net absorption about 1.6%, which is 0.2% per quarter that's slightly less than the 0.16% growth rate of the office market. I mean, slightly greater than the, the growth rate of the office market. So it's, it's doing okay, but it's slowing. Uh, in particular, I think some of that could be the uncertainty related to the fiscal cliff and Medicare uh, spending. Yeah, that's interesting. So the occupancy has been about two points uh, better for medical properties than office properties. And is that what you've seen uh, since you guys have been tracking the sector? Actually, since 2000, we have had excellent data. And medical office buildings have averaged a 9.6% vacancy rate, which is 2.2 percentage points below the office average of 11.8. Okay. And, and so the, it's trending positive. And you, do you expect that to continue? Uh, yes, it is is trending positive. Um, we expect it to continue principally because the uh, job numbers that drive medical office are exceptionally strong. Uh, if you look historically, medical or healthcare employment grows at a rate, or has historically grown at a rate double office employment, and office employment has historically grown faster than U.S. total employment. So. Uh, that is one of the factors that we see that will continue to support the industry. Although we do see a little bit of uh, supply risk on, on the horizon. Okay. There might not be enough supply for the need? Uh, no. Actually, uh, you know, developers are 
a creative bunch, and they are, uh, you know, we have supply on the pipeline. Uh, right now, we have 6 million square feet underway, which is 0.9%. Uh, it's the lowest level that we've seen in a long period of time, but it is, uh, it's still a concern. Okay. So you think developers should be cautious? Yes. And obviously, it depends on which market you're in right. and, and things like that. Uh, markets that tend to have, uh, you know, ample supply of older people and limited amount of square foot per capita will tend to uh, absorb that supply better than markets that have a lot of supply per capita. Okay. And Walter, I know you study the office market around the country all the time. How has the forecast for medical office performance been affected by the Obama win? You know, do you see things differently moving forward? Well, clearly the Obama win is good for medical office and national because the national health care. Um, so that aspect is is good for it. However, we also have these discussions on the fiscal cliff, and the number one item that have been has been offered up is reductions in spending for medical uh, Medicare, and so. There's a lot of uncertainty out there uh, related to this and the ultimate demand uh, for medical um, space. But, you know, even if you look at that, the expansion of medical services to the entire population and just the demographics regarding uh, that uh, are clearly very positive for the sector. Okay. So you're bullish on the sector moving forward for the next several years then? Uh, yes, we expect it to continue to uh, perform better than the uh, U.S. office market, at least in terms of occupancy. Okay. And what do you see for cap rates and investment sales volume on healthcare properties currently, and what do you expect moving forward there? You know, this is one of the areas that I think is an opportunity for investors. Uh, historically, medical office cap rates have been 70 basis points higher than office cap rates as a whole. 8.2 versus 7.5. Now, we're tracking the entire market. Mm -hmm. That's like saying medical office buildings are 8% less expensive than a typical office building for the same level of revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, and what has happened is that the institutional investment universe is starting to recognize this. Uh, a lot of institutional investors have created funds to track this, and the sales percentage of medical office has increased from 2% of sales to 11% of sales in 2012. Uh, another thing I can tell you is that at NACREF, which is National Council of Real Estate Investment Fiduciaries, where a lot of institutional capital is, they're uh, actually considering establishing a benchmark to track medical office performance from an investment perspective. So it's clearly on the eyes of investors uh, from both a uh, very favorable perspective and just the uh, liquidity that's increasing in the market. Okay. So the current average cap rate for medical office is what? Uh, it's about 8.6. Eight, 8.6. Six. Eight, six. And so what do you expect that to, to do uh, moving forward if uh, the velocity of sales is moving up and uh, you know these large funds are considering uh, medical office as a better investment. What do you expect uh, cap rates to do next year? Uh, they should clearly compress, um, principally because they're at a very high level relative to historical. Uh, and also we see compression in the office sector as a whole, principally because your alternative investment 
uh, such as treasuries or triple B bonds, uh, are are significantly lower. Okay. And Walter, what do you see as some of the advantage of the medical office market? Well, uh, to me, it's like a recession-proof or recession-resistant investment. It has good occupancy over long periods of time, and consistent occupancy performance is the number one driver of returns. The demand is great uh, in that you have demographics in your favor with the baby boomers retiring and aging, and you have expansion of medical uh, services to a broader part of the population. So I think those are the key prospects, and then obviously the favorable pricing of the sector right now. Okay. And do you see less spec development in medical office than you do in normal office? Uh, actually, we see slightly more um, spec development mm-hmm. in medical office. Uh, it's Right now it's 6 million square feet. It's, that's 0.9% of inventory. I believe the national office number is closer to a half percentage point. Wow, that's interesting. And, and, and mm-hmm. we see that actually within the office sector as a whole, uh, a lot of the, the development is not speculative. It's actually build the suit, and, and we have seen more um, speculative um, medical office-type development. Okay. And we're close to the break here, Walter, but what do you see as some of the challenges for the medical office market? Well, um, the, the, the near-term challenge is obviously the, the fiscal cliff and the, uh, you know, what happens if medical uh, spending gets cut back by the federal government. That, that is the, the number one challenge. Uh, the other challenge is, is the supply risk uh, in some markets, which could reduce the, the favorable fundamentals that you, you've had for the sector. Okay. Well, Walter, thanks for your insight today. We sure appreciate you joining us. Thank you. And if you'd like more information from CoStar, visit CoStar.com. They have great information on the office market around the U.S. and about the medical office market. After a quick break, more healthcare industry and medical real estate intel for you. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related subjects? Then check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, we just completed an informative show on C-suite social media strategies and two enlightening shows on 2013 market expectations. You can access the shows anytime on your smartphone or computer. Visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing the healthcare industry and medical real estate. Please welcome my next guest, Mark Engstrom, Executive Vice President, Healthcare Trust of America, a self-managed real estate investment trust listed on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol HTA. Since 2006, HTA has built a portfolio of acquisitions that totals approximately $2.6 billion, comprised of 12.5 million square feet 
in 27 states. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Well, thank you. And, you know, now that the elections are behind us, uh, we know that Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, uh, looks like, I guess, it's here to stay. Uh, How do you think that will affect the health care industry and medical properties? Well, you're you're exactly right. I think with the uh, Supreme Court decision last summer, it became pretty clear and um, it was verified with the elections uh, in November. We're um, clearly operating, and, and the healthcare industry is operating under the Affordable Care Act. And I would also add to um, the well-documented aging of the population as as being the two primary drivers for medical office space and, and the demand for space in our in our sector. Um, the acquisitions uh, of physicians by hospitals and health systems, or physicians uh, aligning themselves with um, significant larger practices, are, are clearly being driven by uh, the changes in. In, in the in the nation and through the Affordable Care Act and, and also the demographics, we we see a continued shift of care to outpatient, uh, which is a more cost-effective setting, um, and it, it, it's the only way that they're going to accommodate the additional demand uh, of 30 to 40 million of additional insureds that were previously uninsured. So we see that the positive impact for on-campus medical office buildings, of which HTA is 71 percent on campus, even more importantly, 96 percent of our our medical office buildings are affiliated with with strong local and regional health systems. So we'll play in that sector, and we see demand increasing over time. Okay. And as you're talking to investors and and um, healthcare providers, do they feel more confident now than they did, say, a year ago uh, in the industry? Yeah, there's more certainty. Uh, the markets don't like uh, uncertainty or, or risk. We're seeing that in the markets today with the fiscal cliff. Uh, but yes, I think from a from a healthcare standpoint, uh, the regulations are being uh, written and and being announced. So there is uh, that is rolling out. I think as more certainty comes around it, uh, health systems are starting to make decisions, uh, making commitments to longer term leases to to take on additional space for their program growth. And same thing with with physicians. They're they're more willing now to to sign longer term leases because the Affordable Care Act is here to stay. Right. And how do you think that will affect uh, medical office building investment sales this quarter? Uh, do you expect to see uh, a surge of sales because of the tax law, possible tax law changes? And what do you think next year we'll see for uh, volume? Yeah, no, that, that is a good point. Uh, this year is on track for uh, about 120% increase over 2011, expected to be between 45 and, and $4.8 of medical office sales this year. So that in and of itself is significant. Um, I think the fourth quarter will, uh, much like the fourth quarter of 2010, will reflect a lot of sellers that are looking to uh, lock in their 15% gains, knowing that the capital gains treatment is likely to change. And um, So we are seeing that. I wouldn't say it's quite at the pace uh, that we saw in 2010, but certainly there are uh, sellers looking to close deals by the end of the year. Uh, for 2013, um, I think there will continue to be a, a lot of activity in the space. Uh, hard for us to say whether it's going to be the same as 12 or not, uh, but I think there is uh, an understanding in the space that the changes are taking place and that institutions uh, with access to, to public capital, uh, the public markets, both debt and equity, uh, are going to continue to be acquirers of properties, which I think will continue to drive sellers uh, to sell. And it may be that they need to find other forms of Transactions, though that they may have some kind of beneficial tax treatment, such as an upreach. Right. Um, well, are, do you have any recent news or announcements from Healthcare Trust of America, Forsmore? You know, I, I would tell you that 2012 has been a, a, a great year for 
or HTA. Uh, as you know, um, HTA listed on the New York Stock Exchange in June. Uh, that was a significant opportunity for us to get liquidity to our shareholders as well as to access the public markets both for debt and for equity. Uh, so that positions our company, uh, we believe, differently moving forward, and, and it's certainly a, a, a milestone uh, that we're proud of. Uh, I think the other thing that we've accomplished this year um, that's significant is that we've trans we're now providing um, asset and property management services to over 70% of our portfolio. So instead of providing uh, services through third parties, uh, we have direct relationships now with our tenants and the health systems that we uh, partner with in the local markets. Well, that's certainly strong. So now you can, uh, uh, you know, your, your fate's in your own hands now, right? Well, it's, it's important for a couple of reasons. One, uh, HTA is, was founded in 2006. We really branded ourselves HTA in 2009. So it is somewhat getting our name out in, in front of both tenants and hospitals and the, and the public at large. Uh, I think it also has um, a bearing on the cost of occupancy for our tenants mm -hmm. uh, to the extent we can reduce fees uh, that aren't to the benefit of, of of us or the tenants, uh, it gives them a lower occupancy cost. Should it should make us more competitive in the local market? Right. Well, you guys sure have a good reputation in the industry, Mark. And uh, do you have any tips for our listeners related to healthcare real estate? You know, it'd be a pretty broad comment, uh, but I think the uh, the demographics of the aging of our population uh, it will go on for the next couple of decades. Uh, I think the the change in the reimbursement and and the way. It's going to be paid for, uh, while not fully understood in detail. It's it's here to stay. We'll we'll continue to drive changes in the industry. Um, I think the opportunity for investors um, has to be specific to those those investors' investment profiles. Um, but for HTA, we're very uh, pleased to be in the public markets, uh, to have access to capital, and to have a three billion dollar um, enterprise value that will allow us to be competitive going forward. Mark, what do you expect for performance in the sector moving forward? Well, Michael, one of the things that, uh, that HTA did or that we did as we approached the public markets was look for a way to differentiate ourselves from the other publicly traded healthcare care REITs. And there's really two primary things. One is that we're a medical office building focused uh, platform. We're 90 percent medical office. Uh, there's only one other platform out there that's um, similar, uh, 85, 90% medical office. So we think that differentiates us from the diversified uh, healthcare REITs that are they're out in the space. Gives us a very specific asset focus and very specific performance, uh, which we think is a differentiator. Uh, the other uh, was that we do not have a development capability within this platform. Uh, we don't plan to have a development capability in the platform. So we, A, don't take development risk, and we don't have that drag on our earnings. But what it also allows us to do is work with local and regional medical office developers who have products either for development or in their portfolio, and they want a place to, to monetize that, but they don't want to be sort of usurped by a, a larger platform that's going to come in and take over that relationship. So I think those are the two things that we've really set out uh, to set us apart in the industry, and, and we're certainly working hard to, to make sure that we can capitalize on those. Yeah, well, I think that's important. I mean, the medical office market uh, may sound simple to folks, but it's certainly a lot more involved than the uh, normal office market, isn't it? Well, I, I think it used to be simple. Uh, it's certainly not <laughs> as simple today as it was when, when people like you and I got into the business 20 years ago, but it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time to be in this space. Uh, it's a maturing asset class. Uh, and the one that has a, a lot of attributes in it in an uncertain economy. It's, it's defensive, it's conservative, it's something that's very stable. 
Um, and that sometimes isn't very exciting, but in, in an environment and an economy like we're looking at for 2013, with the fiscal cliff and so on, you know, that's pretty attractive to, to investors these days. It's exciting today. Well, Mark, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. All right, Michael. Take care. For more information about HTA, visit htareit.com. Stay with us. More intel headed your way. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit ConeResnick.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. How would you like people to come to your website to hear the Commercial Real Estate Show? Well, you can now download a free widget, allowing your site visitors to access show videos and audio podcasts right on your website. Just visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com and look for the widget on the homepage. You can see how it works and easily download it to your site. After you load it, it works automatically. Well, today we're discussing the healthcare industry and medical real estate. Please welcome my next guest, Paul Zeman, Partner, Healthcare Real Estate Services at Bull Realty. Paul's team focuses on assisting clients with the acquisition and disposition of medical office buildings in the U.S. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for uh, being here with us. And, and Paul, for a little perspective, what is the size of the medical office investment market in the U.S. compared to a non-medical or a regular office buildings? You know, Michael, it's it's... Very small. Um, if you want to talk in terms of sales volume, uh, in 2012, we're looking at a little over 420 you know, uh, MOB sales or so, as opposed to general office is something in excess of 2,000. Um, 25 million square feet of sales in 2012 versus over 330 million square feet of sales in, in general office. So it's, it's it, size very differently. Right. Okay. And it seems like a lot of folks, investors and, and brokers, they prefer to deal with regular office rather than medical office. Uh, what what are the major differences between medical office and regular office properties? Well, Michael, medical office is just like general office. It's just a lot more complex. <laughs> um, yeah. there, there's a lot more moving parts in, in regulations. We have certificates of need, letters of non-reviewability, stark issues, uh, the the tenants, your tenants are, are much more under the gun in terms of, of reimbursement. Uh, decision-making processes within healthcare systems are, are far more complex and lengthy than in typical uh, corporate America. You have more property restrictions. Uh, you have to be more cognizant of, of competing tenants. Um, there's there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if someone opens a, another commercial brokerage in my building, I, I really don't care. But if I'm a certain kind of healthcare provider, that uh, makes me a little nervous. Yeah, right? if you're an orthopedic surgeon, you don't necessarily want another orthopedic surgeon across the hall. Yeah, so you have that sort of retail problem that you have, and with retail tenants, you got to look at the right mix, right? Absolutely. Okay, and I guess so. The management then is a little more involved and and difficult on a medical property versus a uh, regular office property as well? You, you know, property management has got a much greater level of sensitivity uh, for things like HVAC, plumbing, privacy, uh, uh, sound, 
your backup power is very important and and essentially a medical building is going to be open for longer hours during the day than a than a, a regular office building uh, but uh, you know I work with a lot of the large property management companies around the country and, and some very small and the other day I was talking with Jane Clark up at Wolf River Management up in Germantown Tennessee a great company and Jane pointed out that beyond the issues that I've already mentioned like HVAC and plumbing, it's really important to have emergency plans in place. Uh, emergency vehicles are a common element of a medical office building. Preventative maintenance is huge. Uh, there's a lot of high dollar equipment in the building that's got to be monitored for function and air temperature um, and, and other regulations you just have to stay on top of, ADA, OSHA, HIPAA, um, just much greater focus. Well, that explains when uh, office tenant reps uh, don't want to deal with with uh, doctors or medical practices because there's just much more involved there, right? Oh, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Paul, have investors' outlook on future performance in the sector changed since Obama was elected for a second term? You know, n- not necessarily. I, first of all, the Affordable Care Act has, has not been fully implemented, and that's going to take a, a, a good period of time. But um, what we do know is going to happen is patient loads are going to increase. Reimbursement is certainly going to decrease to some degree. We're not sure how much of each just yet. But at least tenants now have the cards in their hands that they've been dealt, and they can start to, to put a strategy together uh, based on that. Okay. So you haven't seen a surge in demand from, say, a year ago now that people are, are more confident that Obamacare is here to stay? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I have. No. Okay. All right. Well, stay tuned for more medical office market intel. We have to take a quick break. I'm Michael Bull, and you're listening to the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We do have some very interesting shows coming up for you, including a show featuring business tips about using LinkedIn and our holiday present shows on leasing and selling commercial real estate. Be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, we're discussing the healthcare industry and medical real estate with Paul Zeman. And, Paul, what are you seeing for cap rates in the market you work in right now for medical office buildings? You know, Michael, I'll, I'll preface with what I'm going to say that, that I really focus on the institutional quality assets at 5 and $10 million and above. So the, the cap rate conversation that I'm going to have is going to be quite a bit off from maybe the 8.6 that uh, Walter was talking about from, mm-hmm. from CoStar. But uh, based on the, the types of buildings that I work with, I'm seeing, you know, CoStar reporting somewhere in the average of 7.2 Real Capital Analytics, 7, 8. And I'm going to say that based on the properties that I've recently closed and that I currently have under contract, that the 
The real number is somewhere in between, somewhere in that range. Okay. So these are core, stable assets that are fairly new and long-term lease. Yes, exactly. So, so if I've got a, a, a two-year lease on my, on my building and a 20-year-old building, I'm not going to expect to see that cap rate. Right uh, right 10 now. cap. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, what are some of the major factors that affect the values and cap rates for these institutional quality medical office buildings, Paul? You know, proximity to campus has always been a big one. Uh, the credit status of the tenant, uh, the the length and structure of the leases, the age of the asset, um, and, and really the overall market, maybe even the overall vacancy in that market and where rental rates are is going to uh, uh, really push the cap rate one way or the other. Okay. So there's a lot of factors that, that affect it, uh, including the location and uh, the credit of the tenants. Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and the overall market. Right. Okay. Well, what are cap rates for normal office properties compared to medical office properties? Are uh, you seeing the, the same difference that uh, Walter was talking about? You know, I'm seeing about a 60 basis point different in, in general office versus medical office. And, and I believe it's because the general office building is not going to have some of the complexities that we talked about earlier. Uh, so the return is not going to be quite as strong. Right. It's more difficult. you got a lot more issues to deal with on a medical building. So you expect a, a better return. It's yes. kind of like uh, student housing. Uh, you know, they'll sell at uh, 75 or 100 basis points, uh, better price uh, than a regular apartments because of the complexities of management, management. So, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Well, Paul, what do you expect for cap rates in 2013 and sales volume moving forward? You know, I, I'm still believing that we're going to see some degree of cap rate compression, maybe not as much as, as we'd all love to see. I think we're going to start to see some resistance in the low sevens or even 7.0. Um, you know, with that said, there have been some sub seven transactions recently um, in, in extraordinary markets with uh, just e- extraordinary assets. Right. So you expect to see a little more cap rate compression moving forward. Yes. And as far as sales volume goes, I think that sales volume in 2013 will outdo 2012, where we're estimating it's going to be somewhere between 4.8 and $5 billion in 2012. We should uh, maybe see a, a 10 to 20% increase in 2013. Okay. And when fourth quarter of 2012 is reported, um, do you expect a surge there of, of folks that were trying to get in before the end of the year uh, tax year changes? Yeah, we, we absolutely do. There's definitely going to be some changes to the tax structure, and a lot of folks are trying to uh, – uh, to get some assets buttoned down uh, prior to year end. Okay. All right. And then I've got uh, investors that are always trying to get me to introduce them to you. <laughs> they want to buy medical office buildings and they can't find them on any listing services. Why do some uh, medical office building owners prefer to sell their properties quietly, Paul? You know, Michael, a lot of the medical building owners don't necessarily want to cause a tremendous amount of concern for their tenants. It seems like the rumor mill runs wild when you find out that your landlord is selling their building. And while trading buildings or or watching transactions might be an everyday occurrence for you and me, uh, sometimes it gets the tenants tenants very uptight. Uh, Another reason that I see often is that there are some large medical office building developers that don't necessarily want to establish the reputation as being a seller. Uh, because it, it could uh, potentially hamper the next project that they do with a, with a major health system. Right. You want to, As a tenant, you want to know who your landlord is when you get into that relationship, right, and kind of be able to count on that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Paul, how can investors get information on available medical buildings? 
you know, Michael, it's important that investors develop relationships with MOB brokers like me. I mean, I'm entrenched in the market. This is all I do day in, day out. Uh, it's important that you let someone like me know what your investment criterion is and, and most importantly, how you demonstrate a, a great ability to close. If you can do all that, then the opportunities will start to come your way. Okay. So the sellers that are talking to you, they're counting on you to bring them buyers that have a proven ability to close. They have the cash, they have the wherewithal, and they can be counted on, right? Absolutely. And sometimes the, the mission is very different. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hey, let's go to the top five or 10 or, or 20 buyers. And other time sellers will ask that we that we go to the open market. Uh, but it's important that uh, we put uh, an effective game plan or business plan in place for each specific seller. Okay. So I might be in your top five. I might be in your top 10. I might be in your top 200. Uh, so you just have an order that uh, you go to there. Well, it, based on the asset. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I have certain buyers that I know flat out that a ground lease is just not an option. Right. I know not to call them. I know who likes on campus. I know who is, is more favorable to maybe a, a hospital sponsored uh, off campus asset or a satellite location. Right. And you know about the relationships between the healthcare systems, right, and some of these investors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, some, some investors can't buy certain properties because uh, maybe a competing health system is across the street and they own that building and they have an right. agreement with the healthcare system. Okay. Well, it's a very interesting sector. After a quick break, more on the healthcare real estate market. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit ConeResnick.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you in any business related to commercial real estate industry? Well, help our listeners connect with you. Post your business on the show's free professional directory at commercialrealestateshow.com. And if you need professional services of any kind anywhere in the country, check out the directory. It's free. If you don't see a match, you're welcome also to give us a call at 888 888- 612-SHOW, and we will hook you up with a professional. Well, today we're discussing the healthcare industry and medical real estate with Paul Zeman. And Paul, I'd like to ask you uh, about what makes you nervous or excited about the sector? You know, Michael, I, I still love the sector. I'm a firm believer that it's one of the strongest sectors of commercial real estate. Um, it's fortunate that I've got a background in healthcare and I can really apply it to my investment sales brokerage business. But, but on the positive side as well, seeing sales volume continue to increase uh, from the lows we had in 2009 up uh, to surpass the highs we had in 2007 are, are really encouraging. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting. You know, your healthcare background has been very helpful when you're you're dealing with those buildings and tenants and understand the mix and understand how those can, tenants connect with each other, right? Yeah. There's a synergy in a medical building and 
that's very important yeah in terms also, of referral patterns right and also i guess when you're talking to these tenants about uh, uh getting their whatever information you need them to sign it's important that they kind of talk the language with you right? yeah absolutely and you know i've been in their shoes i've been a tenant as a healthcare provider for a number of years i've leased space we've purchased and sold buildings this is just uh an extension of my old business right are there any trends you're beginning to see or expect to see in the marketplace you know I, i'm continuing to see an increasing popularity in the off-campus medical office buildings you know as, as we discussed a little earlier the affordable care act is going to provide americans with access to health care or more americans with access to health care um, and, and a lot of those will likely visit mobs that are that are out in the suburbs or satellite locations and and not necessarily uh, at the, the campus of the big hospital in the city. So okay. So if I own a stable medical office building right now, is this a good time for me to sell and give you a call? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that if the, the leases are structured correctly and uh, it's, a, it's a sizable asset, uh, there's, there's, it's absolutely worth talking about. Okay. Well, Paul, our fun has to end soon. We're almost out of time. Can you leave us with a quick tip for our listeners? You know, I would just like to convey to the audience that if you're a developer or owner user or, or have an MOB and you need to get an exit strategy in place, um, it's going to affect the value of your building later on. Uh, you know, some of these actions include you know, implementing triple net leases with a property management fee built in. I'd like to emphasize that. Um, <laughs> so you're talking about when, when I'm going to build the building in the beginning or I'm setting up leases or if a tenant comes to me to adjust a lease on my MOB, get yes. with you then to say, hey, what's this going to affect my value if Absolutely. I want to sell it down the road? Absolutely. Keep those things in mind. Use annual escalations as opposed to CPI. Give investors something that they can really bite in so they can look at, uh, at earnings over a 10-year period. You know, some of the don'ts, um, options to terminate, multiple one-year options to renew. Um, these are the types of things that will hold you hostage uh, when the day comes that you want to sell the building. Okay. Now, I know you're just known for, for selling buildings. So if I need some advice like that, but I'm not ready to sell my building today, maybe I'm going to sell it a year or two down the road. It's okay to give you a call for that advice now. It, it's a great time to talk, even if you're five years away from selling you know, the, the point I'm trying to make is don't wait to call me specifically for the transaction need. Let's get started early, plan ahead. It makes the ride a lot more fun. Okay. Well, Paul Zeman, thanks for joining us today. We sure appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. If you'd like more information from Paul Zeman, visit bullrealty.com. And I have a question for you as a listener. Can you join us next week? Okay, well, I hope so. We'll explore tips and strategies to power your business with LinkedIn. In fact, we're going to have the queen of LinkedIn on the show. It should be a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media. Providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com.